episode of Hot Hardware's Two and a Half Geeks is brought to you by Gigabyte's AMD X570 ARS motherboards for third generation AMD Ryzen 3000 processors. Hit the link in the description below for more details. In this episode of Hot Hardware's Two and a Half Geeks, we're going to be rising up 3K. We're going to be Radeons and rambling and super RTX and blasting sounds. Next. Welcome back with an ultra short tease there, you might have noticed, to Hot Hardware's Two and a Half Geeks. I'm Dave Altavilla, and uh, I am short on sleep and um, uh, long on uh, the pile of work to be done, but yet we are going to cast a pod to you again today and with my compatriot, my good buddy and super geek, ultra mega geek, Marco Cipetta. How you doing, pal? I am doing good. Uh, hopefully, you guys are going to be able to hear me over the torrential downpour that literally just kicked in as you were doing the tease. <laughs> nice, nice. Nothing like Mother Nature just messing with you whenever she so feels like it. Exactly. She's known known to do well. Um, that's okay. We'll uh, we'll we'll prevail here. And um, what what else is going on in your neck of the woods besides? Um, uh, torrential downpours and uh, acts of God. That, that sounded pretty threatening, by the way, right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> lots of the same old stuff. I have a, a pile of hardware here. Another new GPU launching next week. Couple of new, um, a couple of the additional Ryzen uh, 3000 series processors are supposed to be in route. I don't have tracking yet, but we should have some additional uh, Ryzen 3000 goodness soon. Have a handful of SSDs on hand. Uh, oh, just got the brand new uh, Gigabyte super cards in the 2060 supers. Got uh, got those in. So have a, a bunch of testing to do. Lots of good stuff coming down the pipe. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, we've got all kinds of stuff going on. We have a um, we have a special build coming up that we'll be announcing to the channel as well. Um, I'm not sure. We may live stream a little bit. Um, I think the guys that uh, that we're going to be joining to to help us do the build, uh, the guys at Main Gear, um, we're going to be live on location uh, building a Ryzen 3000 series machine gaming rig, super gaming rig, in one of their Vibe chassis. So stay tuned to future episodes. Coming uh, soon, either that or um, we'll just launch a, a video for it versus a live stream. But I th I, we may end up um, figuring out a way to, to dual broadcast via the Main Gear account and into our YouTube live stream as well when we are doing some of this. So stay tuned. We got all kinds of fun going on, all kinds of gear to build it with, as Marco noted. And um, actually, we're circling back now because last week we had a, a very special guest who joined us, Scott Herkelman from AMD, to discuss the Radeon RX 5700 and his um, uh, pricing and marketing tactics, uh, otherwise known as chibated, uh, versus the, um, the the arch rival and 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 market nemesis for AMD uh, Nvidia. And at any rate, that was an interesting interview. If you uh, didn't get a chance to check that out, please hit the channel. the The VOD is up. Fascinating interview. Scott's a great guy. Um, really, really nice guy. And uh, you can see why AMD is doing well, so well these days with uh, good people like him at the helm. Really like Scott. And we thank him profusely for joining us. Right, Marco? Absolutely. That was a, <laughs> um, that was a, a really cool interview for a number of reasons. One, it was so close to launch so you guys get you know the community got to engage directly with amd right after the products had hit plus there was that uh 
I guess you can call it controversy leading up to the uh, to the Radeon 5700 series launch. So it was good to just address everything outright, get the community to see the answer direct from AMD with no interpretation, and you know, hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We try and cut through the uh, cut through the BS and all that stuff as much as we can, and uh, strike a balance here uh, in reporting rather than get sensational and fanboy, which is so easy to do with all of this fabulous gear and the companies behind it that are pouring all their marketing dollars and passion behind the brands. Um, you got to be uh, you got to be careful uh, in our in our shoes, anyways, to uh, to strike the balance and uh, be fair and objective. So it was good to have a, a great fair and objective discussion with Scott. Good stuff. We got a few folks in the chat. Welcome, Putin Seven Ryzen thirty nine fifty X. He says, and uh, yeah, all kinds of stuff. So fire away in the chat if you have questions. And in the meantime, let's just dive into some things that Marco has been. <laughs> Pouring uh, the midnight oil over and burning it as well. Um, AMD Ryzen 9 3900X and Ryzen 7 3700X review. Zen 2 impresses. I think impresses is probably an understatement. We didn't want to be too sensational on the headline there, buddy. But uh, how impressed were you, I guess, is probably a good question. I was pretty, pretty darn impressed. You know, uh, regular viewers of the podcast, you've probably over the last few months seen me sort of hedge my bets when we're talking about Zen 2. I, I thought the the chiplet architecture and the, the compute dies having to jump off to the I.O. die for memory access was going to introduce all sorts of weirdness. Uh, but AMD knocked it out of the park. So uh, last week, the total of what was it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven processors launches uh, l launched last week in the Ryzen 3000 series. Five of those are the new processors. So at the bottom of the stack is the, the Ryzen 3 3200G. Then there's the Ryzen 5 3400G. Those guys are, are, are based on the previous gen with Vega graphics. They've just been goosed a little bit and refreshed for this launch. So there's some APUs already in the lineup. But the Ryzen 5 3600 on up to the Ryzen 9 3900X hit last week. Uh, we got to test the 3900X and the 3700X. And I mean, to put it simply, they kicked ass. These mm. things were, you know, the, the 12 core 3900X is a $499 part. So the really the direct comparison in terms of price on Intel side is the 9900K versus the 9900K eight core. I, I mean, the Ryzen just dominated all of the multi-threaded tests just by far. And the single threaded performance was on par in a test like Cinebench, where it kind of waxed the cores completely and will leverage some of the cache and memory speed. And a few other tests, it was a couple of percentage points behind. Um, but gaming was good. Content creation was fantastic. System level tests were great. The raw compute performance tests, I mean, there was literally nothing to complain about in terms of the 3900X versus the 9900K comparison. Now we did not have a 12 core Intel chip, uh, ninth gen Intel chip to compare it to, but I did throw 9980XE numbers in. So the monster 18 core. And the 3900X can't catch that in a majority of the multi-threaded tests, but it's right there for about a quarter of the price. So mm. it, it's, that's awesome, you know, in terms of value. And, and even the power is a little better than Intel. And then you look at like the 3700X, this isn't even the fastest eight core. The 3700X is only 329 
and it competed really well with the 9900K. It didn't always beat it because it's clocked a little slower and it's a similar number of cores and threads, but it is right there for you know hundreds of dollars less. And then you, you have all the benefits of the platform that nobody else can offer just yet. PCI Express 4 with all that additional bandwidth. Now, if you come check out our review, I was also able to uh, briefly, well, I tested the system with this SSD, but I have standalone benchmarks as well with the, the Gigabyte Aorus NVMe PCIe 4 SSD. And that thing's doing five gigs a second transfers. Like there's just added benefits with the platform as well. So I mean, really just fantastic, fantastic launch by AMD. That's the, really the only way to put it. Yeah, yeah. The, John's actually showing the... Uh... The, the bandwidth uh, graph for uh, the SSD you mentioned uh, from from Gigabyte to PCI Express uh, for SSD. Um, and impressive performance for storage there for sure. But I think, as you noted, the platform just so highly tuned now and so competitive versus Intel. And really, if you think about what AMD has done here, they've hit all the high notes. And, and by that, I mean they've hit all the key metrics you look at when you evaluate a new platform technology for, for personal computing. You're talking about performance, you've got a power advantage, you've got a price advantage, and then you've got a feature advantage. I, I don't know what else you can ask for, really. And thoroughly impressed um, with, with what AMD has been able to execute on here. Um, John, I don't know if you can go back to the price graph we had the um on the not the graph the matrix that amd put together that amd slide with the price matrix on it that would be great i think it was uh it was on the first page or something like that that yeah there you go thank you that's that's the whole menu of product that's available today there there is another um cpu that's coming in september the 3950x 16 core can't wait for that beast to show up Woo that's gonna be fun um but Tops out at four ninety nine for a chip, the thirty nine sixty thirty nine hundred X. Excuse, excuse me, that absolutely, you know, obliterates any five hundred dollar Intel chip. Is that a fair assessment, Marco? It uh, only in multi threaded tests is it fair to say yeah, it obliterates? Yeah. Is, is right, right, right. Chip. Only in multi threaded yeah. stuff. Um, now, if you look at something like gaming, right? In the physics test, the 3900X was the fastest part that we tested. So in, including Intel's 18 core, the, the, the mesh structure on the, the 9980XE and the way it turbos, uh, the, the 3D Mark physics test doesn't fully leverage it. So Intel kind of, I mean, AMD squeezed out a win there. But if you look mm. at the low res game tests, the, um, the 3900X lost to the 9900K in both uh, 1080p game tests but only by a fraction. If you guys remember to the original Zen launch, there was all this yeah. you know, hoopla mm -hmm. because AMD was having issues um, with, with memory and, and, the, um, and the fabric speed. And you know they were pushing 4K gaming because that's obviously GPU limited and the 1080p numbers didn't look so hot. Now, with all the updates to Windows, with all of the updates to the AGISA code in, in the AMD's BIOS, with all of the updates to the scheduler and Windows and drivers and all this good stuff, it's like a really smooth curve. AMD's looking much, much stronger um, this launch. They're, they're, like we said, very little to nitpick. Now, if you, you wanna get technical, the IPC is not quite there versus uh, Intel. It's it's right there most of the yeah. time. Yep. So it's negligible, but multi-threading is better. Power is in line or better. 
pricing very competitive or better if you're at the very high end with more features. It's just a very compelling argument for an AMD platform right now. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Um, John, I don't know if you can hit page eight, but Marco was talking about some low-res game testing. Shadow of the Tomb Raider, you can see this, and that's what AMD closed the gap on versus the previous generation Zen uh, architecture. And, um, yeah, you can actually see where it's within a couple of frames of a 9900K, and that used to be a 1080p where your CPU limited only are mostly CPU limited, not not necessarily only. Um, scroll down a little bit on that. Yeah, well, there you go. You got Middle Earth in there too at 1080p. So, you know, this is a, a more heavily CPU limited game test. And as you can see, right up to par. Then you can see the previous generation 2000 series 2700X um, and, and the uh, 2920X and some of the big boy chips from the previous gen, much further behind in... Um, low res gaming in in what we would classify as low lower um core count i guess you know sorts of applications where gaming is not always maximizing all those cores like a content creation workload so yeah, yeah. impressive to see him close that gap looking back at cinebench as you noted marco the the um the, the single core performance is right there it's only a couple of ticks behind yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you, you nitpick here. There's really, it's <laughs> really not much too. Um, so what, there's actually a couple of uh, another couple of interesting things to also consider. So uh, Son of Attack yeah. in, in the chat said, you know, he got his E die up to thirty five, thirty three, and memory compatibility is much better. I found the same thing. Like when I first reviewed this, the the original Zen platform, um, AMD wanted it tested at twenty nine thirty three. I think my system worked twice at that speed and I could never get it stable at 2933 again. This launch, not only did everything work, um, I tested at AMD's non-overclocked max spec. So 3200 megahertz memory is where AMD officially pegs the memory speed on these parts. But the optimal memory speed is 3733. So if you get an overclocked, uh, you know, a, a, a nice speedy DDR4 memory kit, and you boost that to 3733, the numbers are gonna look better than what we published. I mean, you're overclocking, your mileage is not always guaranteed, um, mm. but performance would look even better. And then the other thing, if this is a totally new prefetcher, like it's totally new architecture, I, I would bet the farm there's additional optimizations coming uh, through software and through additional updates on drivers and in and, and Windows. So there's, you know, some, some real interesting prospects moving forward. Now, Son of a Tech saying 3733 was false. I, I actually have the slide that says that. So one-to-one -one Infinity Fabric only goes to 36. I'm gonna have to test that. The AMD information said 3733, but uh, I, I haven't officially confirmed it. So I can't say one way or another, but I will look into that. Thank you, sir. Interesting, interesting stuff. Yeah, and let's, um, let's look at- Son of a Tech, which CPU do you have? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Go for it. That's fine. Uh, we'll let him, we'll let them chime in. Let's let's look at uh, overclocking. What sort of headroom do you have with overclocking, Marco? Or did, did you realize, I guess, with your kit? So, <laughs> like like the original Zens, um, their headroom is is a weird term, right? Because if you want to overclock, you're really yeah. not going to get all cores past the boost frequency. So I forget what the max boost was on the 3900X. I think it's like 4.6, um, whatever it is. There's no way you're hitting 4.6 all cores um, without exotic cooling. So mm. I did the worst case scenario. 
I use the AMD Wraith cooler and it's summer and my office is super hot yeah. and overclocked it with air, got all cores stable. Now it was stable at higher speeds, but I was exceeding hundred C and you know, who knows where the throttling was, but 4.25 gigahertz, all cores on air was doable. And you see a huge boost in performance, um, you know, in the numbers, if you go check out the review. So, yeah. You know, you're not going to see that's another spot where Intel has an advantage. If you want crazy high frequency, um, you can definitely get Intel processors higher than uh, AMD processors, period. Mm -hmm. It just has just, you know, that's AMD's really when they bring these to market, squeezing as much performance out of them as they can out of the gate. But there's a lot of free performance on the table. In addition, you know, AMD, now you void your warranty, but you can literally just install Ryzen Master, turn on Precision Boost or auto overclocking, like two clicks, bang, done, boom, additional performance right there too yeah. if you don't care about your warranty. It's just so much good stuff for enthusiasts here. It's just a, a fun platform. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm looking at the uh, Cinebench R20 overclocking graph and scored at 4.25 gigahertz all cores as you noted 7550 which actually overtakes a 2950x from the previous generation in multi-threaded performance yeah that's a 16 core processor that's, that's so yeah all, all of the all of the weirdness with threadripper where you had compute dies that had to you know not have memory attached is gone with the the, the new chiplet structure it's just they 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 did a good yeah. job, man. <laughs> they did a good job. So Son of a Tech yeah. says Asus Tough X570 is his motherboard and a uh, 3900X. Yeah. Yeah. So he used a better cooler than I did. He's got a Noctua cooler. He hit 435 with the memory overclocked. That, that's a good overclock. You get some good perf out of a, a 3900X at that speed. There you go. There you go. Any other questions in the chat before we move on? Um, I think it's Don't safe think to say. So. I think it's safe to say that... Uh, AMD has a winner on their hands with uh, Ryzen 3000 series, third generation Ryzen. Stop by hothardware.com where you'll find our full review actually still up on the main page uh, in the features area. You can hit that. Marco has copious benchmarks, overclocking, power, um, just every corner of this uh, platform and processor covered in his analysis. Um, so great, great job, buddy. That was a that was a ton of work and a, and a very short runway. Got to love when we get those short runways. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, yeah. I'm actually looking at the power right now too, before we move on. Uh, 3900X is looking like uh, under load all cores, uh, 228 watts for your system versus a 9900K at 239 watts. Again, all, all, all cores system level performance, not just the CPU. So you're you're saving uh, like eleven watts there. Power. Yeah, fifty yeah. percent more cores, lower power. Now you can see <laughs> that single core AMD really pushes it to get that boost clock. You see how much more power single core AMD uses, though. So they're yeah. they're really you know milking as much as they can at a single core turbo boosts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely to get that get that IPC as much as they can. Interesting stuff for sure. Come by, check out the full review with all the details and analysis and uh yeah let's uh let's move on to the next thing that's uh amd strapped with amd red as well and that's uh radeon rx 5700 radeon rx 5700 xt and rx 5700 review seven nanometer navi debuts okay 
Now, this is an interesting situation. This is a product that um, slots in with some extremely competitive product from NVIDIA. They, um, they led this launch, NVIDIA did, with their own refresh, uh, goosing clock speeds and uh, lowering prices in a couple of spaces, actually, for the Super Series 2060 Super and uh, RTX 2070 Super. Um, and then AMD launches and responds with uh, some lower pricing to be a little bit more competitive performance per dollar. What's your uh, what's your high level take on this? And then we'll dive into the particulars for Radeon RX 5700 XT. Is this uh, is this something that presents the um, compelling value proposition that Ryzen 3000 does? Uh, not quite uh, the the home run that Ryzen 3000 was, in my opinion, but mm. super interesting, fantastic launch as well. Now, if you are strictly a frame rate purist, you want, you know, perf per dollar, NVIDIA threw some water on AMD with the super launch. There, yes, there was the whole pricing controversy, you know, whatever. So 5700 XT originally announced at 500, the launch is at 400. The, uh, 50, the 5700 non-XT, the, the one down the stack, uh, launches at, what was it, 349 or 379, whatever. So that one lines uh, up 349. with the... Yeah, lines up with the the, the, the original RTX 2060. Mm-hmm. Um, now, originally, the 5700 XT was being positioned against 2070. The 2070 is going away in favor of the 2070 Super, which is which is basically a, a 2080 that's pared down a little bit. Um, now, the 5700 XT sort of matches up price wise with the 2600 Super. Now, if you look through the numbers, it's tight. Right, but yeah, uh, Nvidia's lower power, quieter. They offer the additional benefits of ray tracing if if you care. AMD on the other end has some cool software features that are getting you know lots of buzz. The Radeon image sharpening and the um, uh, um the the lag reduction tech. I'm forgetting the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I hear what. Yeah, I have to look. But one thing up. to keep Sorry. keep in mind with those things, th- those are those are software um, tweaks. Technically, there's nothing stopping NVIDIA from doing something similar. Maybe they can't pull it off quite as well as AMD did, but NVIDIA could do that stuff. Now, what's really interesting is over the last few days, so, so looking through the performance, right, the, 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 the pricing is in line with where it should be. The, the mm. 5700 XT competes very well with the RTX 2060 Super. Sometimes it's, it's significantly faster. Um, and the... The 5700 lines up very well with an RTX 2060. So these are not the pinnacle of gaming GPUs, but fantastic towards the high-end gaming GPUs. Now, what's really interesting, though, is over the last few days, um, guys started exploring the soft power play uh, mods are working on Navi. And if you tweak those profiles, you can get much higher clocks if you can manage the heat and power. Now, what that says is there's potential if AMD lets their partners do it for some really fast, quieter, higher clocked Navi custom boards. Yeah. So what we see out of, you know, the single fan blower, you know, sort of loud 5700 XT reference card may not happen with uh, the soft power place mods that are possible with partner boards with beefier coolers, maybe, you know, more powerful VRMs. You know, we could theoretically see much faster 5700 XTs. You know, AMD's got headroom. I think it was Igor um, 
from Igor's lab, I think he got 2.2 gigahertz out of hmm. it, one of his with the, with the cooling mod and the soft power play mod. So, and that's another thing. Also, brand new architecture. You can bet the right. farm AMD is going to ring more performance out of software on these GPUs as well. So yeah. it's just really it's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Exciting yeah, stuff. It's, it, it, it's it's more good stuff. It's it's um it's competitive in the mid range where where it was we knew it would slot in. We didn't think they were going to knock Nvidia off their their high end perch with a you know a twenty eighty Ti busting uh, AMD GPU. We we just you know we weren't expecting that. Nobody was expecting that. But where these are priced in. They're competitive, and where you noted, Marco, they started, you know, out of the gate at three seventy nine for the fifty seven hundred, then price reduced to three forty nine, and then the fifty seven hundred XT at four forty nine, price reduced to three ninety nine. I think you hit the nail on the head about partner cards. That's what's I think going to be the most interesting with this product offering because, I, I you know, I, I agree. I think I think the blower. You know, if, if you could keep acoustics, I'm fine with the blower because I actually like dumping heat out of the case. Um, that's the advantage of the blower. Um, the acoustics just aren't as good as the dual axial fans. And um, these days, people have really good thermal management in their cases anyways, usually. So there's a, a strong case for partner cards that will come out with dual and triple axial fans. And yeah, as you said, some some goosed up clocks. The question's going to be... Um, you know, can they get to that 349 and 399 price point with, you know, that more exotic cooling and, you know, having to bin some, some GPUs a little bit tighter on some clock speeds to differentiate in performance. That's going to be the $64,000 question. How, uh, how those partner cards roll out, I think will, will sort of define a little bit how they, how well they sell in the market. Although I don't know about you, Marco, but I've been seeing, you know, in whether it be, uh, sentiment in the socials or just, you know, comments, what have you across different venues. Um, man, there's, there's a lot of momentum and, um, backing from the community with respect to an all AMD system. Surprising how, how, how well received 5,700 was for being so toe to toe on, on a, on a price point basis, at least with, with AMD. Yeah. I mean, I think with NVIDIA. Yeah, AMD's got fantastic fans. Um, they do, you know, from from years ago when they had the red team sort of work in the communities in the background. I just it, those seeds that were planted years ago um, have, have, you know, blossomed, and the community, yeah. lots of people in the community love AMD. Now, I think Nvidia is kind of getting beat up for, because of the the ray tracing yeah. situation and the the how there's not as, as enough games um, supporting it just yet. But I mean, that company really innovated to pull that off. Whether you like it or not, and whether you care or not, or whether you'd pay a premium for it or not, doesn't matter. NVIDIA, they, they, they pioneered that tech, they innovated, they took a shot, they spent significant resources and die area to yeah. incorporate that tech. And, you know, a, as a tech aficionado, I, I love that, right? But the 5700 XT is a, is a tiny die, relatively speaking. I, I mean, almost everybody that I've talked to um, that's messed with their cards, they all have good headroom. Um, even Son of a Tech here said he got his to 2134 megahertz doing the, the soft power play mods. So, you know, if there's one, if, if one of the partners, if I, it all depends on what AMD is going to let the partners do. They're probably not going to let them go nuts. 
with the clocks. But I think they're going to be more aggressive than they have in the past to keep their partners happy and excited as well and to keep this momentum going. So, yeah, I think by the time we see a couple of driver revs after better cooled partner boards hit, the performance we see now is going to change fairly significantly. And it's gonna, the, the story is going to look better for AMD as long as their partners don't go nuts with pricing. You know, we've got lots of stuff happening in, uh, in the chat here too. Um, yeah. Someone was saying, Howes was saying he's not sure how he, how he feels about his Radeon 7 now. Radeon 7 is still a really good card and you have the advantage of that extra memory. So don't sweat it if you don't feel like spending any money right now. But um, yeah, you know, yeah. lots of, lots of, lots of good stuff happening for AMD. Yeah, you know, and, and I, I want to circle back before we go on to the next segment because we are going to talk RTX 2070 and 60 Super. Um, I, I would like to circle back on, on what you noted about uh, NVIDIA and their efforts relative to um, driving adoption of ray tracing in games and, you know, bringing out the RT cores and the, and the RTX series. I think I think you do need to give them credit for that. I think it's a serious commitment in silicon not just marketing you know and software and all that stuff that goes into selling a product as a, from a feature set standpoint but a silicon bet in their gpu which says we're putting our money where our mouth is this is going to affect die size and cost this is going to affect heat and power and all these things that you, you know it is what it is you can't you can't um you know market around these you know additional um resources that are consumed on the chip for for that those rt engines and so they made a silicon bet early and they're driving adoption and, and we're seeing um major game engines whether it be unity um the unreal engine it's coming uh, ray tracing is coming to you know triple a game titles in mass soon and you know you're seeing you know even like call of duty announced i think we're going to see that this year um, there's a few. It's it's coming. And so they're ahead of the curve on that. And I think you need to give them kudos for that. Um, whether or not you value that as a gamer and, you know, as a feature, um, that's up for you to decide. But um, I, I agree with you, Marco. I think I think the the uh, driving of the tech is an admirable effort and, um, you know, a valuable feature point for for their product. Uh, they make that's a great series of graphics cards, the 20 series. No question about it. Yeah, and so. what what nobody's what nobody is out is saying is is what the truth is is AMD is holding up the ray tracing ecosystem. If AMD supported it at all, you would see way more game developers hopping on board. So interesting. Yeah, they don't they yeah. don't have the yeah. dedicated hardware. So you know, like Nvidia's Pascal based GPUs, Nvidia enabled ray tracing. Performance sucks versus the the, the Turing architecture. But at least right. they enabled it. So there's, you know, millions of GPUs out there that developers could use to learn. And this includes indie developers all the way up to big AAA developers. AMD says, yeah, we're going to support it at some point, but we're not going to let you do it now. And that yeah, that's yeah. holding up the ecosystem as well. Right, right. Yep, I would agree. Good, good observation there. Anything in the chat before we move on to the supers? Uh, um, yeah, so uh, we got some guy, uh, Gaming Haven mentions, you know, hitting 2200 megahertz with only a 15% increase in power. That's all a very good story for AMD. Yeah, this is all good stuff, which is why I'm super interested to see the partner boards. You know, I'd love to see what Power Color does with the Devils, you know, like a big triple slot monster Navi <laughs> card. It's going to be really cool. Um, yeah, yeah, so just, um, you know, the, the story is going to continue to unfold with Navi. And I think it's going to be a good story for gamers because, you know, 
it, AMD might not be competitive all the way up to, to the top of the stack with a 2080 Ti and an RTX Titan, but they're up there in the meat of the market, and uh, you know gamers are clamoring for it. Yeah, yeah. When you're talking about $349 cards, there's a lot more volume at that price point, $349 to to three ninety nine uh, than than there are at the seven hundred dollar price point, you know, the top end of the stack. So yeah, good good to have offerings there for sure, and uh, nothing like having some real competition to drive uh, better cost and options uh, in the marketplace for, for consumers. All right, let's uh, let's move on. We'll move on to Nvidia's GeForce RTX twenty seventy Super and RTX twenty sixty Super review tricked out Nvidia Turing. Boy. This was, um, in my opinion, a you know a pretty pretty good stroke of uh, aggressive marketing by the folks at Nvidia. They had performance in the can. Um, these graphics cards offer considerable performance boosts from their original non-super counterparts, and they do so at either the same price or, in the case of the 2070 Super, you're really getting a 2080, as as you noted earlier, Marco, briefly. Um, you're really getting a 2080. It's actually the same GPU and PCB um, for for you know 2070 pricing. So it's it's impressive stuff. Um, you poured through all the numbers and did all the testing on this again. Maybe I should start kicking into gear on this stuff. You're doing all the fun stuff. Um, <clears throat> what were your thoughts uh, stepping through Nvidia's super product offering and uh, and and what what folks can expect from it? So yeah, this was a, this was another fun, interesting launch. It kind of like a, Nvidia said, "Oh, Navi's coming! Look what we got!" Ta-da! So uh, <laughs> RTX, the original RTX 2060 and RTX 2070, if everybody remembers, were the short boards, the shorter PCBs. Um, uh, what was it based on? TU 106, I think it was. Yeah, TU 106. The new 2070 Super. It's based on TU-104 and the longer PCB, just like a 2080. The 2060 Super is still the shorter board, kind of uh, not quite in the middle, but not quite a 2070 as well. So original right. RTX 2060, uh, 30 SMs with uh, 1920 CUDA cores. The 2060 Super, 34 SMs with 2176 CUDA cores. And then if you look at the 2070, that was 36 SMs with 2304 CUDA cores. But the 2070 Super is 40 SMs with 2560 CUDA cores. And the clocks have all been tweaked slightly as well. The 2060 Super actually uh, boosts a little lower than the original 2060, but you have all that additional compute. Uh, the 2070 Super clocks much higher than the original 2070, uh, 1620 mm -hmm. megahertz versus 1770. And what you'll see if you look through the numbers is the 2070 Super is just a hair behind yeah. a 2080. Not yep. quite a 2080, but it's, it's right there. And the 2060 Super is significantly faster than the 2060, and it's basically right there with the 2070. So yeah, that yeah. that you know RTX 2060 Super is kind of right in line with the 5700 XT, uh, uh, depending on the test and resolution, what have you. But if, if you want to nitpick, th those two are are fairly evenly matched. Yeah, yeah. What's the uh, what's the price point on the 2070 Super again? Was it 499? I think 499. Yeah. Yeah. 499. And <clears throat> I would think for some folks, that thing's got a lot of headroom. I don't know if you did, you did some overclocking with it, but you know, we, we do some pretty straightforward, quick and dirty overclocking. If you got into the weeds with it, that could be like the deal of the century at 499, right? Because you, that is, that's a 20, it's, it is a 2080 GPU and, and PCB. 
There, there's no question about it. It is what yeah. it is. So, so unless you unless you mod it, uh, unless you yeah. So I I hit the power the power limit on the board with the overclock. So it did overclock yeah. over two gigahertz, and it was hitting the power limit. So you I could probably you could probably tweak voltages a bit and right. get a little bit more out of it, but without doing more hardcore stuff, you're not getting much faster than uh, you know a hair over two gigahertz on the GPU. Mm. Still super fa super fast card. I mean it's it's for for the money it's clearly a, a better value versus 2080. Now, NVIDIA did shift pricing with the Turing launch and kind of, right. you know, pushed everything north versus, you know, the competitive landscape, though, as it stands today, the supercards, you know, do push the value envelope for NVIDIA. So they yeah. are definitely more compelling and, you know, the perf is there and the features are there too. And I know most people didn't, I don't understand why people were crapping all over the uh, the mirror finish. I thought it looked awesome. So, <laughs> I agree. You know, I, I, I like yeah. the mirror finish too. Yeah, I think it, I think it looks sweet. If you get a window in the side of your case, uh, I don't know how much you're going to see that. It depends on how you orientate it in your case. But yeah, uh, yeah I think I think it looks good. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I mean, really, if you look at Nvidia's design physically for the card, it's a beautiful card. It is a well made card. Um, Everything about the design electrically says it's balanced, and there's there's not a you know uh, an area a corner in in its performance and, and the way it's tuned up that is stressed or pushed to the limit. Um, they're just well made, balanced cards that you know really quiet. I mean, under load, you're not. I I couldn't really you know, and I did some testing for our unboxing and uh, preview with it. Um, I couldn't hear these things under load when I was loading them down with game testing. Could you? I mean, not over a, not over a standard chassis fan, right? Um, it depends on your setup. If your if your build is super quiet, and you know, here, I, I test in a chassis, but obviously mm. the side panels off because I need to get GPUs in and out. So it is in a yeah. chassis, and, and technically, when you're in a mid tower, I'm sort of focusing the, the sound and reverberating it outward. Mm. I, I can I can hear it. Way yeah. quieter, way quieter than Navi. It, it's quiet, yeah. though. I, I'm not saying I hear some loud noise. It's just it's audible when it spins up. Yeah. yeah. But they're very yeah. quiet. In in a case under a desk with the side panel closed, if someone's complaining about the noise on one of these cards, they have, you know, Superman hearing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how did it compare uh, power-wise to Navi? I'd have to pull up your Navi review for that. Um and look at that. Um, I think power, they're actually slightly more efficient, right? Uh, yeah, let me go back to the Navi review because I have the, uh, the yeah. 2060, the, the, the super review open right now. But it's it's basically the same chart with um, with Navi added in. Now, versus the 5700 XT, right? So they're, the 5700 XT, let me get down to my power chart. John, I'm going to throw it. I'm going to throw the link in the chat for you, John. Go ahead, Marco. Sorry. So it was actually the 5700 XT under load, 312 watts full system, and the yep. 2070 Super was 315 watts. The 2070 Super is basically faster across the board, though. 2060 yep. Super versus 5700 XT, 2060 Super is only 258 watts full system power, so significantly lower. So even though it's mm. 12 nanometer, much bigger die, similar performance, but lower power. No right. arguing it, NVIDIA is more efficient with with yeah. power usage yeah there's the numbers right there you can see it um where, where it maps out um and the 2070 super really performs very close to a 2080 um and so yeah they're they're, they're a pretty efficient gpu for sure 
for a what 12 nanometer technology versus seven nanometer in the case of navi a much larger die with rt cores and all that good stuff um you yep. know on board so uh tensor cores as well so yeah Im impressive stuff to be sure i think these days to be a gamer you've got you've got a lot of great toys to play with right <laughs> <laughs> if you're you know what man it's finally not only is it exciting to be a pc enthusiast again it's a good time to be a pc enthusiast there's so much yeah. you could build some killer stuff killer stuff for without breaking the bank and yeah. much better gaming quality than a console and then i don't want to piss off the console guys but over the long haul the <laughs> games are so much the games are so much cheaper yeah. on the pc that it's cheaper to build a gaming pc that can do a heck of a lot more than a console and right. have this huge library of Steam games versus, you know, 60 bucks a pop for all the console games. And, right. you know, just infinitely upgradable and just, it's a good time to be a PC enthusiast again. Totally agreed. Hashtag PC master race, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> and actually look at, looking at the, 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 uh, the chat here, Putin, Putin Simpson, <laughs> interesting name says rtx 20 super uh 2080 uh, ti super 2080 ti card um that's coming no, we can't say no, when there's no 2080 <laughs> ti super there's a oh no i'm sorry 2080 super 2080 super my bad yeah my bad. yeah yep. yeah yeah 2080 super 2080 super is coming actually and we we actually noted in the 2070 and 60 super uh launch review that it's due this month we can say that much that was announced and so stay tuned for that we can't say exactly when but um 2080 super's on the way ti super we haven't yeah he's, it's over there it's over his shoulder yeah <laughs> it might Maybe be in the test rig right now it might yeah, it, it might it, not be in the test rig right now it, it 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 might be in my studio ready for getting shot too i don't know um <laughs> so we'll see what happens uh good stuff for sure i don't yeah 20 2080 ti super hmm you know uh, could that be something i don't know <laughs> that's an rtx titan <laughs> yeah exactly they call it titan yeah exactly all right well let's move on to our final thing and this is kind of a unique one um <clears throat> and it comes from the land of sound where you probably haven't considered much lately uh, because of integrated onboard uh, motherboard audio. But uh, the good folks at Creative Labs did launch something brand new just a, a week or two ago. July 9th is when they lifted on this. And our review, Ben Funk, welcome Ben Funk, uh, who actually is has been an author and uh, an editor at uh, Tech Report, if, you, if you're familiar with that site. We, are, we now have Ben joining our team to help us out with some reviews. And he took a look at the Sounder, Sound Blaster AE9 review pristine high def pc gaming audio now this is a very um uh, i would say i wouldn't say very niche but is it, it is a niche product okay because a lot of folks have integrated audio on their motherboards that they're happy enough with good enough what have you but this is a serious um audio solution for audio files has uh, you know some great specs uh, upgradable DACs all that kind of stuff socketed upgradable DACs if you want to you know change them out all the stuff that you know pc audio gearheads and audio files um will be into serious dynamic range 129 uh, db stereo DAC 123 db stereo DAC with acm module um you can look down the specs there this is not my bailiwick um to be sure <laughs> i'm not an audio uh, pc audio file but <clears throat> ben found this card to perform really well um he had 
a little bit of an issue with respect to capture, uh, mic capture on it, um, not being quite as good as some of the uh, the breakout boxes you have out there these days that do that offer that solution. Um, but for an integrated card, um, you know, it's it's actually still pretty solid there too. Um, and yeah, Creative Labs with the Sound Blaster line still out there. Marco, I know you took a look through this review. What were your thoughts about uh, about you know? burning essentially well you're not burning much but it's a uh a pci express by one slot for one of these babies um yeah so before i answer uh, your quick question um mm. uh, mr mister in the chat uh, revealed the date for 2080 super launch i i believe it had been disclosed we're just you know where there's embargoes oh. involved so we're careful about what we say um, that's but, right <laughs> yeah so um now back to the sound blaster ae9 i think this is an awesome card now back in the day you know, Dave and I are both longtime PC lovers. Everybody Crazy. had a sound card. Everybody yeah. had a sound card. You know, guys were springing for Logitech multi-speaker systems, and there was surround sound in everybody's game room. Um, that kind of shifted when motherboards started integrating decent audio, and you know, lots of gamers started using headsets. And it's it's kind of rare now for guys to have nice big speaker systems. But even today, if you have quality speakers or quality like quality headphones these high-end sound cards are, are noticeably better in terms of sound quality and yeah. you have a lot more control the software is just more feature rich um and the capture the production capabilities are typically better as well so they're they're pricey to make them much better than integrated audio creative they got to spend big bucks for the expensive DAC and the better filtering and the higher quality caps and chokes and you know laying out the board properly and now everything's got to have rgb so that adds cost but if you want high-end audio uh, these things are much better than what's integrated into the vast majority of motherboards and uh if I if I had the funds, I would totally put one of those sound cards in a system. Yeah, three hundred forty nine bucks. You have to really be able to justify that. Um, but you you make a good point. I mean, um, what he oh he you know what he found that was impressive was the the um, the spatialization and the surround sound effect that you can produce in a standard pair pair of headphones with this thing was very impressive. That he found especially while gaming um, and, and with, um, you know, anything mixed for virtual seven, it's a 7.1 surround sound solution. Uh, he found that impressive. And so um, right there, there's some value you're not going to get necessarily as well with integrated onboard motherboard audio. There's plenty of, you know, uh, 7.1 solutions, but not <clears throat> designed to create a soundstage in, in, instead of a, inside of a, a standard pair of headphones. Um, uh, not all of them anyways. And you've got Dolby Audio, DTS, all that good stuff, uh, Dolby uh, yeah, Stereo and uh, DTS. So, you know, you've got some some pretty good features there. The, the pricing is where, you know, you, you really got to justify this thing. And um, I think for folks that, that need it, um, you know, that, that are into that kind of audio fidelity, uh, it's, it's one of the few solutions out there, high-end solutions out there, you know, a company that's still supporting that technology. And it's, it's good to see the folks at Sound Blaster still doing their thing. Uh, I, I think Asus came out with one a little ways back, a Strix card. And boy, that didn't get support for very long for some reason. I, I don't know what happened with that. Yeah, I mean, the Strix cards, Asus still offers them. EVGA has got the really nice new audio card if you're an audiophile. Um, that's yeah. a, a really nice 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, the new audio. Yeah. Yeah. And so, Mister Mister is asking. I, I Mister Mister, are you asking about ray traced audio? When when will that be adopted? I think that's what your question is. If I read huh. correctly, I think actually the PlayStation Five is going to. Whoa! Did you guys hear that? Hear that? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, maybe that was move. <laughs> so. Um, I think the PlayStation 5 is going to do ray traced audio. We have traced that tech's been around for a long time. AMD actually, I think, had it in one of their. Um, it, it was integrated. I forget what series of GPUs it was, but one of them had audio capabilities, and the ray traced audio was a feature. So the technology has been out there to do that. I don't. I don't know any specifics on uh, any titles that are supporting or when it's coming, but I think I read PS5 is going to do that. You know that was that was pretty uh, pretty amazing of us. You're get you're getting free sound effects while we talk about. While we talk about the sound cards. <laughs> exactly. It's like, like, right outside the window. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And it's it's over my head, too. I'm, I'm up in Massachusetts, folks. Uh, Marco's in Connecticut. I'm out just outside of Boston. Marco's uh, down in Connecticut. And uh, we're in the Northeast, and there are some rumblers passing through the Northeast corridor. Um, so hopefully we stay up here. We'll see. <laughs> Makes it exciting. But uh, yeah, so so swing on by the site for the Sound Blaster AE9 review. Uh, ben Funk got to have the funk. Good to have that guy with us. Um, really poured over that. Um, anything else we sh- we can say before we move on and uh, close out here on the on the Sound Blaster, Marco? Did I miss anything there? Do you miss anything? anything I don't think chat? so. Yeah, yeah. true audio. That's what it was called on the 400 series. Thank you, ballistic resistance. I don't think I think yeah. we covered what we planned to. We're running out of time, but definitely, um, you know, we only cover a fraction of what we have up on the site here in the in the live podcast. Um, please come by hothardware.com because we post dozens of new stories a day, multiple reviews a week, and there's yeah. just a lot more data in the written review. I know the video format's popular, but th- just to reference all the data in the written review, it's all right there for you. And the next couple of weeks is basically nonstop uh, 2080 super coming additional Ryzen 3000 parts. Um, expect at some point Navi to go up and down the stack and then partner board. So it's it's a busy time. Yeah, it's a busy time. We have lots of stuff on tap at hothardware.com where you can find us on the web. Hit thumbs up and subscribe here. Um, yes, you will catch us hopefully every Wednesday at around 4 o'clock. That's when we try and go live. We go streaming, but hit thumbs up, subscribe, and the reminder bell when you see it for the live stream. Um, we do produce uh, video reviews here, lots of stuff from phones to laptops to, to graphics cards and unboxings and and the collapse of thunder, too. You get that going on. <laughs> yeah. Can I squeeze but, in uh, one quick uh, answer, one quick question from Mr. Mister? Oh, yeah, yeah, do it. I know, we, I know we're running out of time. I'm sorry, John. Uh, so he asked if a TEC cooler could help Zen 2 with boost clocks during gaming. Technically, yes. If you're using a TEC cooler and you're bringing temperatures below ambient and you're managing the heat from the TEC properly, um, the Zen 2 architecture is smart enough to use as much power and uh, thermals as it can. So you would maintain higher boosts longer with a TEC cooler. Now, whether it's a sort of game-changing performance Probably not, but it would yeah. most likely outperform something with a basic cooler. And I don't think, depending on the strength of the TEC, probably not going to get much better peak overclocks. You got to go a little more hardcore. Hope, hope that helps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One, one thing about TE, uh, tech coolers or TEC thermoelectric coolers is you need to also make sure you have good ventilation in your case because it will dump some heat back into your case as well as it's cooling that chip, just the way it works. But good stuff. Thanks for stopping by, folks. Thanks for joining us. Uh, We'll be back here again uh, next Wednesday, hopefully, with some more good stuff. Stop by hothardware.com where you can find us on the web, twitter.com where you can tweet with us and uh, follow us and uh, stay up to date with what we've got going on. 
And uh, yeah, hit thumbs up and subscribe and join us again when uh, we go live and we go streaming. And uh, yeah, that's about it before the, uh, the skies open up with the deluge. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by.